This is the second part of the two-part series on developing an HR strategy. In the first part, I talked about the importance of strategy, what is strategy, uh, who is responsible or should be responsible for the development of an HR strategy. And I gave the first two steps of my analogy of developing a strategy like a GPS navigation system. I talked about finding satellites uh, or knowing where we are. I talked about entering the destination where we want to go. In this second part, I'll talk about defining the boundary conditions, calculating the route, uh, following the directions, how do we know that we got there, and calculating or recalculating to uh, get around unexpected surprises. Right after this. Welcome to The Trust Show. I'm Yoram Solomon, your host, the author of the Book of Trust and facilitator of the Trust Habits Workshop. My mission is simple. I want to help you form habits that build your trustworthiness because the answer to this question will have the biggest impact on your personal and professional success or failure. Can I trust you? The third step in defining a strategy, or actually the first, the third step in using the car um, navigation system is a step that most people, when I ask them, what's the next step? I mean, everybody knows uh, that you have to enter a destination, but when I ask what's the next step, they go calculate. And they miss the step that uh, many people may not even know that exists in your navigation system. So, uh, you know, if there's one thing you can get out of this two-part series, uh, is that there is one more thing that you can do with your navigation system. And I call it the boundary conditions. There is a place in your navigation system where you can say that you want the route to meet a certain boundary condition. This could be the shortest route, if you care about miles. This could be the fastest route, if you care about time. By the way, Shortest route and fastest route are not necessarily the same. Fastest route may take you over a highway, but it's a little of a detour. While the shortest route may not take you over the highway, but you will go through a lot of lights. That's just an example. You can ask for a toll-free route. You know, take me in a route that does not have any tolls. Uh, one of my daughters doesn't like driving on a highway, so she can actually enter, don't take me over highways. So, and no highway route. You can go with a scenic route. The boundary conditions can be the speed limit, for example. So there are different things that in the navigation system you can define as uh, what are the boundaries before you calculate. So you, you know where we are, you know where we wanna go, but before you calculate the route, here are things that must or must not be on this route. What does that mean to general uh, bound, uh, general strategy? The boundary conditions could be a budget limitation. It could be a time limitation. This needs to be done within three years. So, you know, we're about to launch a new product. We're, we're about to develop a new component. Okay. Back to my semiconductor uh, days. Back to develop a certain component. Um, 
it has to be done within two years. That's a boundary condition. Has to be done within uh, no more than $3.5 million, a budget limitation. We cannot allocate more than seven engineers in a certain discipline, resource limitations or any other resources for that matter, any other limitations. You need to, you know, and, and I use the word limitation, but this can also be the opposite. And that is it must use X, Y or Z. We rarely see a boundary condition like this, that, that it must use something. Um, because typically when, you know, you say it must use this machine, why does it have to use this machine? Well, because otherwise we just bought this machine for no reason. Well, that's a different problem. Okay. I remember that uh, a possible requirement and must have or must use was it must use all of our components and none of our competitors components. And that's a tricky one. It's tricky because if you force a company to use components from the same company for no good reason, um, you might be actually hurting yourself. And one of the companies I work for insisted that we're going to use our own production line, even if our own production line was not really set up for the type of product that we were going to build and using somebody else's production line would have made more financial sense, more profit sense. It didn't matter. It was you must use our production line. And, and that's something that could be part of the strategy. It must do something. But for the most part, boundary conditions are the things that you must not do or, you know, lines that you cannot cross. What does that mean to HR? You know, again, budget could be one of them. Uh, legal consequences, you know, uh, and I'm not saying that a boundary condition is everything has to be legal, but, you know, a boundary condition could be whatever we do. We should not get anywhere near where employees might feel the need to sue the company for for what we're we're doing. Um, you know, it, it could be growth capabilities in terms of, uh, you know, it, it's very easy to say we're going to build this new business unit in the uh, business unit in the company. We need to hire twelve hundred employees in the next three months. Uh, it's a great statement to make with one exception. You're not going to find 1,200, find interview and put in place 1,200 new employees. I don't even think that Amazon can do something like this, Amazon or Google or, or any of the, the largest companies uh, on earth. So th there are certain boundaries that uh, you must consider. You know, growth in number of employees cannot be more than 5% uh, a month or, or, or something like that. Uh, whatever we do, layoffs cannot be part of it. So you can see what, what I mean when I say boundary conditions and specifically in the HR uh, strategy uh, area. So think about what are the things that, what are the lines that cannot be crossed uh, in this strategy? Because if you want to be creative, you need to come up with really, really, really crazy ideas. But how do you know that those crazy ideas are ideas that you should be pursuing? Because not everything that's crazy is good. You know, some things are crazy and bad. So define the lines, define the boundary lines of how you can get from where you are to where you want to be before you start making the plan itself. 
Well, step one, we defined where we are. Step two, we defined where we want to be. Step three, we defined what are the boundaries to get from where we are to where we want to be. Step four, calculating. That's that's me trying to do an impression of a navigation system. Never mind. Uh, calculate the route. Uh, in a car, it's based on where you are, where you want to go and the boundaries, whether it's, you know, you want to take the scenic route, the short route, the fast route or whatever. Uh, in uh, in a general strategy, it's, it's really the same. It's what are the boundaries and uh, how do we calculate a route that falls within those lines that that doesn't force us to cross any line. Now, one thing to keep in mind is what if there is no way to get from here to there? I, I remember... Um, I started working for Texas Instruments back in 2002, and that was back in California. Our office was up in Santa Rosa in a two-story building. It was a nice office. It was very simple. Uh, you knew where you find anything. Then I moved in 2003 to the uh, mothership, uh, the uh, Texas Instruments um, uh, Forest Lane facility that I think can host, I don't know if it's 12,000 people or something like this. It is a one and a half story building. And when I say one and a half, it's because about half the building, maybe even a little more than half, is only a one story building. Uh, and then the rest of it is two stories, simply because it's kind of on, on a little slope there. And, and I remember coming in there and uh, asking a person, you know, I would go through the south lobby and ask them how to get to wing J2. Uh, or J1, if, if you're in TI, you know what I'm talking about. And, you know, somebody would start telling me, uh, oh, so what you do is you take this main corridor and then you turn. No, no, don't don't do that. Um, actually, you know, go through wing D and in D, wing D, there is a conference room E1, uh, D1 that connects to another conference room. Try. No, not. You can don't do that. You can't get there from here. Well, obviously you can, and it's just a matter of how, but uh, sometimes there might just not be a way. You know, we said where we are, we defined where we want to be, we defined the boundaries, and there's absolutely no route that can be calculated between those two. There is no route that would get us from A to B uh, within those boundaries. And if that happens, you need to go back to, uh, well, not to step one. The reason I'm saying not to step one was because step one, and, and this is why I recommended step one would be done independently and before you even start the process, where you are is where you are. That would not change. You may want to change where you want to go, what's your destination. You may want to relax one of the boundary rules. Don't make that decision very lightly. I mean, don't don't make it out of convenience. Well, you know, I'm, I spent three minutes trying to find a path from A to B uh, within boundaries C, and I couldn't, and therefore uh, we're not going to do it. We can't do it. We need to we need to change the destination, or we need to relax the boundaries. No, give it some real thought. Give it some real creativity. Use use your best minds. Brainstorm over it. Be careful before you make that determination that you can't get you can't get that there from here. But if you do, go visit, revisit, and and I frankly I don't have a priority to whether what you revisit is the destination or the boundaries, but go revisit one of them uh, or both of them, and uh, and 
flex them, change them so that you can find a way. And it obviously it has to be an iterative process uh, that takes you through, um, um, you know, we're, we're going to flex something in maybe in our boundaries and then go back to calculating a route. And again, if, if we're still pretty confident that there is no route that would meet that boundary, then maybe we change another boundary rule. Maybe we change another, uh, maybe we move the destination a little again. Uh, I mean, you know, if you want to drive your car from here to Europe, that's, that's a great idea. Uh, with one exception, uh, there's going to be a part where your car needs to be a boat or an airplane or something, because there is no way from here to there. And so maybe we relax the rule by saying we're okay with the car being taken on board a cargo ship or something. Just, you know, crazy example that, that came to me now. Uh, so, um, but let's say that you do find it. How do you define that, that route? How specific do you go? Try and not be too specific and, and be more generic. So more, uh, the strategy needs to be more of a guiding tool than an, an exact, uh, turn by turn, uh, which is kind of where the analogy slightly breaks with, with the navigation system, which is a turn by turn. Uh, there is an article written by Kathleen Eisenhardt in 2001 in the uh, Harvard Business Review. Uh, it's called Strategy as Simple Rules. And so if you just look up Strategy as Simple Rules, uh, even if you don't put Kathleen Eisenhardt as, as the name, this article will come up. And I love that approach to strategy. What she says is that strategy really has to be very, very simple rules. That again goes into the uh, a strategy should not be a 40-page document. It should be a one-pager. She recommends two to five rules, different rules, not more than five rules. Uh, and uh, she gave five types of rules. And your two to five rules can be any combination of those or all of them could be just one type. But uh, these are the five types. The, the first type is how-to rules. This is how do you do X, whatever that is. How do you hire new employees? Uh, again, this is I'm, I'm kind of going to the HR route. Uh, the second is um, a boundary rule. And, and this kind of falls in line with the boundaries that we defined before. So, you know, as long as you define the boundaries, uh, this would be where you write them. Here is the boundary. It cannot exceed a certain budget. It cannot exceed a certain time uh, and so on. And, and be again, be careful with what you put as boundary. Uh, is it a real boundary or uh, uh, make sure you don't put a boundary that people would just break, you know? Uh, but but make boundaries that make sense. It can be a priority rule. So X has to happen. Uh, if X and Y, then X happens first, or we prioritize X. Timing, certain things have to happen within a certain time, not before a certain time. It just rules that, that relates to timing. Um, and, and it can be relative to something else, uh, you know, that uh, uh, training will always happen uh, when you hired uh, a uh, more than 10 employees, just as an example. That's actually a timing rule. 
even though you know you can call it the how-to rule exit rules Th this is you know most rules uh, so far talked about how you do something exit is how you stop doing something when something happens then you stop doing this okay when you reach a certain number of employees then you stop hiring well that that's kind of an obvious one so you know i'm uh, i'm not sure that that you need to use the two to five rules or one of the two to five rules to state when you stop hiring by saying you stop hiring when you have enough employees but you should have uh, or you can have exit rules as well so think about those five types of rules uh, again, now I would refer you to the original article by Kat Kathleen Eisenhardt in Harvard Business Review in 2001 uh, that's called Strategy as Simple Rules. Just, just read more about that and, and think about how it applies to you. Now, when, when you calculate that route, uh, really one thing that comes out of it is you will need to create the systems, the processes, the protocols that would allow you to fill that strategy. So... You know, I, I don't necessarily refer to that as strategy, but those are the type of things that that fall off that strategy. That now you need to create systems, processes, protocols, uh, provide training if if needed. Uh, an important part, even at the strategy level, is that you get everybody on board. And so, you know, we we talked about what does this mean. Uh, to HR or, or who's responsible for developing an HR strategy. And I told you, you need input from everyone. It needs to be compliant and within the overall company strategy and definitely not going against it. Um, but uh, it should involve everybody who's responsible for implementing it, for facilitating it. So try and get as much as many of the HR department people uh, involved and not, you know, here is the strategy, go execute. Uh, because again, uh, I said that before uh, in in uh, the previous, uh, in part one of this uh, uh, series, that if you involve people, if they're part of developing this strategy, they own it. And you're going to see that ownership and, and the uh, execution is, is going to be significantly higher. So uh, what does this mean to HR? I already gave a few examples, uh, you know, uh, uh, the how-to. So let, let's take the how-to rules. Um, who do you hire? You know, how do you define a candidate? Um, I, I remember giving advice to a company that uh, suffered from high turnover. And, you know, it doesn't matter how we turn it around. And, and I'm telling you, I, I met with the CEO. The CEO was really doing a great job in... Um, and, and I'm, you know me well enough to know that I don't use the words great job uh, very uh, lightly. But he was doing a great job in creating the right culture in the company. He created a culture that everybody's going to work in, no doubt, with one exception, the job itself. The job itself was very, very, very boring, very repetitive. You would end up doing the same thing maybe four or five times every day same thing very boring very repetitive very monotonous monotonous something and i, I thought to myself um and, and and they were suffering high turnover and the high turnover was not because of the the culture the culture was great the job was boring so the how-to rules you need to hire people that thrive in a boring job 
it sounds stupid, maybe it sounds obvious, but nobody ever thought about that, that this is what you need to, to do. Do you need to hire people that do well in a, in a boring job? And, and those are not bad people. Those are not stupid people. It's just that they have no problem with the boring job, whereas other people do and use that as, as your screening mechanism. That would be a how-to rule, for example. Uh, so just, just think about those five types of rules and what, what how do they apply to specifically to the parameters, the metrics that you're using to define where you are and where you want to be. Step five, following directions, execution. We define where we are, we define where we want to be, we define the boundary, and we define the route, defined the route, or the navigation system has calculated the route. We are starting to have self-driving cars, autonomous cars. Even autonomous cars, they don't drive blindly. Neither do you when you drive the car. You don't drive blind. You don't follow the instructions blindly. You look around. Things may have changed from what the navigation system knew about the route. You have the responsibility to realize that things have changed. And, and uh, remember one thing is that the driver has the final judgment. You know, uh, <laughs> when you fly in an airplane, uh, specifically an airliner where, you know, the, there's, uh, the, the length of the runway is really important. You may have seen uh, maybe videos uh, of pilots taking off and, and you hear this. Uh, they apply throttle. Whoever flies the plane applies throttle, then applies it all the way to full takeoff power. The plane starts running and running and running. The second pilot, whether it's the first officer to the pilot or the pilot to the first officer, uh, starts reading the speeds, 60. We're at 80. And at some point they say V1. And pretty much right after they say V1, they also say rotate. Rotate is when you pull back on the stick or the, the yoke, whatever that plane has, and you actually take off. What is that V1? V1 is a calculated speed based on the weight of the plane based on environmental conditions like uh, the temperature, because the higher the temperature, the thinner the air is, the faster you're going to have to be on the ground to get a certain airspeed uh, that would lift the plane. So there, there are a lot of things that go into the calculation of V1. But V1 essentially says if you hit V1, you don't have enough runway to stop the plane. There's one more thing that you know as a pilot. And, and typically, by the way, even two-engine airliners, they can take off on one engine. So if you hit V1 and all of a sudden one engine blows off, uh, you can still take off, fly around, land. Uh, it's going to be an emergency landing, but but you can do it. And, and it happened. But you are the one that has the final judgment on 
do I make a detour or do I not make a detour? Do I vary from the, the directions, whether it's V1 or, or anything else? So let, let me take you back to the ground. We're back in the car. Uh, you're the one that has the final judgment. You, the driver. Your final judgment may be affected not by danger or, you know, unexpected uh, construction on the road. It can just be, oh, I want to go I, I want to turn left here I don't want to go straight in this road I want to turn left here I make the decision car is going to have to deal with the detour we'll talk about that uh, in in a later stage but you have the final judgment uh, what does that mean for strategy uh, in general and actually with HR th this this is where they stop being different so I'm not going to specifically talk about HR strategy this is when you follow the strategy you know, every decision, the, the whole idea of a strategy is that it really needs to be a one pager that everybody knows, everybody memorize, everybody remember, and it helps you. And even if you don't remember, you can look at it, not a 40 page document, a one pager, you can look at it and every decision you need to make when you're not sure, look at the strategy statement, it's going to tell you what to do. You know, you're, you have two candidates and uh, you're not sure which one you like more. You look at the strategy, the strategy says... Uh, one of the how-to rules is hire people who can deal with boring, a boring job. That would help you make that determination. I'm, I'm oversimplifying things, but you see where I'm going. Um, again, you know, don't execute blindly. You, you are in the ultimate control. Maybe somebody, maybe when you develop the strategy, when, when they develop the strategy, okay, you're executing it. You, hopefully you were part of it, but uh, they missed something maybe in the where we are, maybe in the where we want to go, maybe in the boundary, they miss something. You are in ultimate control. But 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 deviations from the strategy should really be minimized. Maybe what you want to do is stop for a second, go talk to the people who developed the strategy, tell them, have you considered this? And maybe their answer is, yes, we have, stick to the strategy, uh, but maybe not. Maybe they would want to change. When you execute... Keep everyone involved and informed. Uh, doing things in a vacuum does not really work to execute a strategy. Other people who are executing on that strategy need to know that you're doing your part and it's going well. Uh, always continue to challenge the assumptions, the assumptions that led you to believe you know where you are or where you want to go. Uh, or what the, the boundaries are. The assumptions are could be related to things inside the company or outside the company. You, you have to continue to observe the environment outside of the company. Monitor the process. The process itself. Solve problems when needed as guided by the strategy. If something has changed, again, and I'm, you know I said that several times already, if something has changed, it is your job, your responsibility to raise a red flag and say something has changed. We may need to do a detour. Again, nothing here is specific to uh, HR. So everything that I just said on, on executing on a general strategy would apply to executing on an HR strategy. Step number six out of seven. How do we know that we got there? So this is getting there. Or how do we know that we're close to getting there? And you'll see why. In, in a car, it's very simple. The car navigation system will say uh, you have arrived. 
Uh, and this is a pure geographic thing, you know, the it looks like where you are right now relative to where you want to be is less than 10 feet. So you're there. Um, so it's pretty easy. Uh, you can see the, the place you wanted to go uh, already. With a strategy, it's when you fulfilled the mission or the strategic intent. You know, if your strategic intent was, uh, and it could be different things. It could be reaching a certain milestone, reaching a certain revenue, market share. Uh, in, in HR, it could be uh, we wanted to reduce the turnover rate from 40% annually to 20% annually. We're at 20% annually. As we measure it, we're there. We got there. Um, I think one thing you need to make sure is that you really did get there. And so it's sustainable. It's not a one-time thing that, uh, you know, right now we're at 20%, uh, but this is because of the timing of how we measure stuff and so on. And if we measure three months from now, then we're actually not at 20%, we're, we're at 32%. Uh, so make sure that when you say that you got there, you actually did get there. Uh, it could happen sooner rather than later, uh, sooner than expected. Uh, it could happen later than expected. So maybe your time horizon was we're going to get there in two years um, from 40% to 20%. Two years later, you're down at 27%. You know that what you're doing is working. You just realize that it's going to take longer. So fine. I mean, it's your decision. You can say, I'm good at 27. You can say, let's continue this strategy until we do hit the 20%. Um, or, you know, you, you give up. Uh, but you have, you have options. But you need to determine whether you really have arrived at what you, where you want it. Um, and, and it's not just a matter of, uh, you know, within two years, we need to hit 20% turnover, reduce from 40 to 20% turnover, uh, or increase the employee satisfaction that we currently measured at uh, 10%, increase it to uh, 17%, and you got to that number. So uh, it, if you say we need to get to that number in two years, you didn't get in two years, it happened earlier, and, and you're certain that you are there, that's still good enough. That's, that's actually, that's better. Um, it's definitely time to start a new strategy. I mean, you don't want to just stop and say, okay, we got nothing to do anymore. You want to form a new strategy. You may have wanted to do that before you actually reach the goal. So let's, let's kind of take an example. Let's say this year, 2023, you defined a five-year strategy. So that stretches until 2028. These are the type of things we want to achieve. This, this is where we are. This is where we want to be. These are the boundaries. And we want to get there within five years. Once a year, I would recommend. And again, it's not. there's no rocket science. There's no uh, you know, magic in saying once a year. Uh, it's, it's just like we like doing things once on once a year basis or once a quarter, once a month. It's just the predictability of uh, when we're going to do that is important. So once every certain amount of time, revisit the strategy. What do you do when you revisit it? You ask yourself, um, where are we now? Are we sure that we still want to go to that specific place, the destination? Are we sure about the boundary conditions? Now, don't 
challenge it uh, dramatically in like uh, let's start from scratch no don't start from scratch because otherwise you're going to be changing directions every time you you revisit the strategy and so I want to even use the word revisit very carefully uh, and say uh, you, you want to just you know have a checkpoint maybe that's a better definition but let's say that you have defined a strategy in 2023 started executing it's a five-year strategy until 2028 in 2026 I would say let's start thinking about where we want to be five years from now so 2031 and then I, I want to be very careful with using the word abandon but but you kind of abandoned the old strategy to a modified one so if you think about it at 2023 you aimed at a certain point for 2028 it's 2026 you're on your way to get the 2028 but maybe it's time to start thinking about where you want to be in 2031 and either add elements to the strategy or remove elements from the strategy or, or even just modify things from the strategy that will take you to 2031 so I don't want you to think of this as you know every year you build a whole new strategy a whole new five-year strategy and you completely abandon it but I want you to think about it every year you make a course correction the strategy will always remain a five-year strategy and again remember the five year is an arbitrary number that I gave you um just as an example I mean your strategy might be a three-month strategy and it might be a 50-year strategy but don't wait until you get there definitely not to define whether you're you did or did not you want to know that way sooner uh, rather than later but um, along the way just make keep thinking five years out you know in 2023 you're thinking five years out you're 2028 2024 maybe you're revisiting it and saying uh, hey uh, let's start thinking about 2029 five years out and are there any corrections we need to make now you know uh one example would be uh and I'm, i keep using the same uh parameter uh employee turnover you're at 40 percent turnover uh you decided that within two years you want to go to 20 percent turnover a year later you're going there and you're saying well we're at 25 now let's ask ourselves uh two years from now where do we want to be uh, it's no longer 20%. Is it 15%? Is it 10%? Also remember, is it feasible? Are you trying to go for something? Are you going for a zero? Is it feasible? By the way, you learned a lot of things while executing this one year that would help you refine what your next two years uh, target should be like. So that's kind of how you know that you got there. Um, with with a modification and that is you may not want to go all the way there before you start thinking about where do you want to go afterwards and start planning to where you want to go afterwards you may not end up crossing that line that you wanted to be in the previous strategy simply because you slightly modified it And the last part of this analogy of developing and executing a strategy is what happens when there is an unexpected surprise. And this is where your car navigation system will say recalculating. Actually, I don't think that it does say that anymore. I mean, it writes it on the screen and uh, today you can actually program whatever voice you want to have. Uh, 
I, I use Waze a lot uh, f to navigate as an app on my phone, and uh, I had my daughter record the sounds. And so, what she says when when we hit when, when I change something or something has changed, uh, she goes, "Daddy, you are not following instructions." Uh, so whatever it is, you need to recalculate. Uh, the road may be uh, unexpectedly closed. Uh, uh, you have to take a detour that was not part of the original plan because your navigation system, your map as updated as it might be, is not updated. Um, and, and by the way, I, there's another part uh, of the analogy I didn't think about that, that I should add here. And that is how, how often do you update the map, the map itself? What is the analogy of the map? It, it's the environment. Okay, it's the environment that allows you to define a path from where you are to where you want to be within certain boundaries. Uh, it used to be the navigation systems had a map that was loaded into them. And so for my car uh, has something like that. Uh, well, not anymore because I replaced the navigation system. Now I'm using an uh, Apple AirPlay with my iPhone. Uh, and for exactly this reason. Because instead of uh, buying a CD every uh, one, two, three years and, and updating the map, and then your map is not updated for another one, two, three years, things change very quickly. And today the maps are, well, if you use a phone uh, and an app on your phone to navigate, then they get updated all the time. I mean, they just check what the conditions are known right now and those conditions could even be updated by drivers who are driving whether they're automatically being monitored by this app that says hey it looks like drivers along this route are driving very very slowly uh maybe i should give you another route but anyway there is an unexpected surprise uh whether map is updated all the time or or once in three years there's unexpected surprise you need to recalculate a new route in a navigation car, in a navigation system in your car. It happens automatically. You don't have to ask it to recalculate. In strategy, this is kind of where the analogy kind of breaks apart. In strategy, uh, this is not automatic. The recalculating of a new path is not automatic. It would happen because you couldn't perform as expected. You know, you thought you're going to be able to do what what you set out to do within the strategy but you couldn't uh maybe you did but you didn't get the right results uh this is where you know when you calculate the route you need to uh really use all the information that you know all the knowledge that you have and others have to say this is what needs to happen to get to those certain parameters or these are the type of things that are required to reduce uh, employee turnover rate. Uh, so, you know, I'll give you one example. It's a boring job. Really, the thing you need to do is start hiring people who deal with boring jobs, who feel comfortable with boring jobs, as opposed to people that need to be challenged all the time and need the excitement of something new every day. Um, maybe it's uh, understanding the relationship between trust, which to me is the foundation for pretty much everything HR. Uh, between that and, and any parameter that you want to measure. I mean, you know, we found, for example, well, the others found before me that uh, when you have high trust, when the trust is in the, the top quartile uh, of trust in companies, uh, 
employees are 50% more likely to stay with the company at least one more year. And by the way, 88% more likely to recommend that company to a friend or family member. Um, so, you know, it's, it's trust. Um, so you didn't get the right results because, uh, you know, you thought that that relationship was uh, working in a certain way or, or that you were doing certain things to get there and, and they didn't work. Maybe the environment has changed. You are the one who has, I mean, you obviously cannot continue in to execute the same strategy without any changes. Obviously, something has to change. You're the one responsible for recalculating the, a new path. Uh, ask yourself again the, the same questions you asked uh, that, that I suggested you ask uh, uh, deep into the, the execution of the strategy. First, where are we? I mean, you don't want to get to the last minute and realize that you're not anywhere near. Uh, let's say that your strategy is how do I lose weight and I want to go from uh, 236 pounds down to 200 pounds um, within six months, which is not, you know, shouldn't be very challenging. It, it's very doable, very feasible. But you don't want to wait until six months, months pass to go, well, I went from 236 down all the way to 235. No, that's a little late. So you, you want to keep track along the execution of the strategy to know that uh, you are making the right progress and, and getting there. Um, you're on the right path. So take inventory. Know where you are right now. Ask yourself if, you know, we're not, doesn't look like we're getting there. Do we still want to go to the same destination? Maybe something has changed in our environment. Ask yourself that. Uh, did anything change in our boundaries? You know, we, we used to, uh, our budget got tighter. And so maybe we need to adjust the strategy because our budget got tighter. Uh, should the boundaries have changed? Maybe you just simply hit a roadblock um, and the destination has not changed. Your boundary conditions have not changed. And all you need to do is just recalculate a new path. So go back to, uh, what was it? Step four, I think, uh, where you calculated the route. Yep, it was step four. So go back to step four and recalculate that path. Uh, you may actually, you know, keep in mind what was the original path, but use it kind of more as, as a side document, as a support, because really what you have to do is redo step four all together so you have you know where you are i mean obviously reassess where you are right now uh you know where you want to go to maybe that has not changed you know what the boundaries are maybe that has not changed and just recalculate so knowing where i am now because it it's not where i was supposed to be going to the same place within the same boundaries i need to take a slightly different route calculate that route uh there is nothing special here for hr uh it's it's the same things and i actually used hr parameters uh for the most part and that's pretty much it this is how you develop an hr strategy seven steps just like a navigation system i'll take you again through what those seven steps uh, or seven parts are uh, part one was to uh, know where you are right now. Part two was know where you want to go, what your destination is. Uh, it has to be meaningful, not meaningless and not stupid. Not It has to have uh, the characteristics that would guide you. Know what your boundary conditions are, what you can and cannot, what you must and should not 
do by getting from here to there. Calculate the route, create simple rules, two to five simple rules, uh, follow those directions, execute on them, get everybody involved and uh, monitor your progress and to know if something is not happening, solve problems along the way, know when you got there and possibly modify the strategy along the way to, you know, take a new time horizon for it. And finally, uh, know how to deal with uh, unexpected surprises with detours. I hope this was helpful. This is the end of season eight. Uh, we will take one week break after that. And uh, the week after that will be the first episode of season nine in almost 100 episodes. Thank you for listening. What would you like to know about trust and trustworthiness? Let me know and I'll answer it in a future episode. I would love to hear from you. Email me at yoram at thetrustshow.com. If you like this episode, subscribe to the show so you will automatically get notified when I release a new episode. Rate it. Write a review for this podcast because those ratings help not only you, but also others looking for podcasts just like this. If you're looking for more resources to learn about how to build trust, be trusted, or know who to trust, look up my workshops, online courses, books, or go to my website, trusthabits.com. And remember that the answer to these two questions will have the biggest impact on your personal and professional success or failure. Can I trust you? And can you trust me? Thank you for listening or watching The Trust Show.